Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Kyle Porter. KP. Hey, bud. You look like you're in a... Uh... Right. Did you get put in like a prison for your live takes? <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, this is, the, this is the classic hotel background. Find the, the corner that's like not the worst and that this is what we're dealing with here it looks like a like a magic eye optical illusion what are you doing and what do you what do you what are you traveling for well we're going to the bmw championship tomorrow and okay. so but it's more of a personal trip so we're in, we're in philly now we did uh the touristy stuff we did the liberty bell we did independence hall we went to the mint kyle watched some uh watch some press some coins out we did it all today i know i know a few places that are printing money these days so that's yeah. that's uh that's not serious. how long does it take to get to to delaware from there it's like 22 miles but it'll probably take i don't know 35 minutes tomorrow morning something like that it's only 20 just like by, by train or what oh by car philadelphia to wilmington is like very close interesting yeah so you're not taking like ricky's pj or anything oh no, no i did. he offered but i said listen uh <laughs> i don't want to be called you know uh, a climate what what they call taylor swift a uh climate criminal i don't want to be a part of that so oh, do I, people call her that well i mean she flies that private jet all over the place it's a you know it's a thing okay, okay. Does, does taylor swift own her own private jet uh i think that's kind of the dilemma so i think that she might but she, like she had like 160 flights but maybe she wasn't on all of i think a lot of celebrities own the private jet but then they rent it out for other people to use okay. i don't there's a there's a whole thing. She though. needs to she needs to Rory needs to consult her because he did that thing where it was like he paid like I, I don't know how this works, but he t- he 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 paid towards some organization that like mm-hmm. co- covers the um like the, the the damage that it does to the environment or whatever. Yeah, it somehow offsets do you, do you remember his, that? offsets his carbon footprint at some point. Carbon offset is what producer Jacob just called it in the chat. I, I guess that's what it I'm it's not it's not a world I'm super familiar with, <laughs> obviously. Uh I don't know where how we're talking about Taylor Swift's private jet, but here we that's are. Right. I can segue us back into this. Um, PJs were a big topic of conversation for Taylor Swift, for Ricky Fowler, for the boys over at Live, and the trial date has been set. Phil Mickelson at all. Versus the PGA Tour, KP, January 8th, 2024, which by my count is 16 months from now. I'm no uh, legal expert. I've just got my finger on the pulse of the golf landscape. A lot of things are going to be different 16 months from now. Yeah, that'll be like chapter two of normal sport four, Um, I think. I think that's right. One, two, three. Yeah. Uh, It it also coincides coincidentally with the, the first uh like the the going back to the um pga tour calendar year right that's when the that's when the 
that's when they're jumping back into the PGA Tour calendar. I, I don't, I mean, I, I think that's probably what most people expected. I, I think the interesting part for me, and you and I have talked about this a lot, and I feel like I've said it every podcast we've done is what is what happens between now and then you know live is clearly bent on i mean they're they're jumping to to uh 14 events next year they're gonna they're, they clearly want to be um or they're they're going to be the number two tour in the world at, at, at the time of this trial and they are they already are i mean they're already there i think that's pretty i don't know if it's indisputable but it's it's i th- i think it's true and you know, do, does it ever get to trial? You know, the, the smart people that you read, I'm not smart when it comes to legal stuff, but the smart people that you read and listen to and talk to don't think something like this goes to like, like broadly speaking, don't think something like this goes to trial. And I keep going back to then what does settlement look like? Cause I think settlement in so many cases, and again, no idea what I'm talking about with legal stuff, but in, in so many cases, it, it just becomes like a monetary transaction. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, that that just seems untenable at this point. Oh, like some sort of monitor, like like it it almost is. And I was talking to some people at the Open Championship. It's almost as if the live people are like, oh, so you don't really want to have anything to do with us? Okay, we're going to destroy you. And there's no like settlement to be had for them, right? I, I think that's sort of the road that that we're headed down, and and I it feels super contentious and I, I just i don't there's been so many twists and turns and i have i just have no idea what comes next i guess yeah i think I they just coexist yeah i don't think it ever goes to trial because discovery for both parties sounds like something they would avoid at all costs but you're right like uh, a settlement is kind of by nature a compromise and we've talked before like how 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 are they going to compromise right and and is the pga tour going to pay out some financial like that doesn't make any sense it, it I don't know where we're headed, but I think it's going to be pretty nasty. Well, I think I think the tour could have avoided. God, Matt Fitzpatrick's cross-handed chipping is so weird looking. He uh, the last two times I've seen him do that, he has hit some really brutal ones. I know he's very <laughs> good at it, and he does it awesome. He all is. The, time. the last two, the sample size of two that I've seen have been hard. So I think the tour could have. <sighs> avoided all some of this and it, again it, it's so easy to sit here and say well this is what so-and-so should i was reading some stuff from january and february today and even phil mickelson's quotes about not not the not the crazy quotes about the saudi stuff but just like media rights I, I was doing some old research or some research about older topics i mean older it was like five months ago it feels like it was five years ago but it just it it doesn't even seem like these guys want to play in the Saudi league, but they just got so far down this road and couldn't wind. They couldn't like put the toothpaste back in the tube. And here we are. But I I think the tour could have avoided some of this by, and I think we talked about this idea on here. If not, I would love to introduce it by just raising the minimum number of required events for players to, I don't know, 18. Now that, kind of punishes your stars like jt and rory and uh, spieth plays a few more but guys that don't play a ton right i mean all those guys play 18 events do they 
But yeah, the idea probably of being that okay, if you really want to play both right, or play anywhere in the world, that's fine. But as soon as you as soon as you don't play eighteen events here, you're no longer a member. Which would then, if you're playing eighteen here, fourteen over there, uh, you're talking about thirty two events, which is like an, an ungodly amount of golf, especially for the guys that are getting paid like high end stars. Yeah. So so Phil, uh, so uh, Patrick Reed might do that. Um, Phil's not doing that. You think DJ's playing thirty two events? No, Brooks, no, Bryson, no. And so you just, it just, and maybe there's probably 10 reasons that I'm not thinking of that they couldn't do that, but that seemed like such a easy, already kind of built in. So so for for people that don't know, Mm -hmm. the the PGA Tour's rule for players that play on different tours. So there's, there's 23 tours, they get OWGR points. So if you play, if your home tour and I don't know how they define home tour. I guess the one that you uh, started on or or like from your, I guess, home country or whatever. You can define it as a tour other than the PGA Tour. If, if, you, if, if your home tour is other than the PGA Tour, you have to play in 15 PGA Tour events to keep your card, your membership uh, on the PGA Tour. And that's the reason they do that is so that you... You know, the PGA Tour, again, this is super complicated and I'm not going to explain it very well, but they have to have like this sort of guarantee that, hey, the guys that are on our tour are going to play in at least this number of events for a lot of media rights stuff or just the just the I mean, the value of their tour. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And so it's already like baked in there, Rick. And it just seemed like they could have raised it a little and eliminated so so many of the issues here it's like yeah like okay we're gonna require four more events than live does it can be whatever you want and if you really want to play 32 out of 52 weeks i guess you can do it uh but man i none of the stars are going to do that and those are the only guys that matter anyway and so i just i don't know i kind of wonder why that wasn't one of the options here yeah we'll put a pin in this but i think it's interesting because um there's there's so much that already exists for the PGA Tour with the requirements to keep their membership, but it's constantly changing, and they come up with the qualification system and and changing and tweaking a little rule that already exists. Go from yeah. 15 to 18, as opposed to introducing X, Y, and Z to keep people out, or to you know what I mean? Like that that's gonna that's gonna be the stuff that they're gonna get caught up in legal challenges. But to say, oh no, we just adjusted our we just adjusted our minimum play from 15 to 18. Like no big deal. We do it all the time. This is, you know, requirements of the, of the membership as, as always. Yeah. It, it would have been to me again, we are probably oversimplifying this, but it would have been so much. It, um, it would have been like, are you going to sue an organization? Cause they've changed their membership rules by three tournaments. That just seems like, I mean, they, they might've still done it, but are you going to win that? I don't know, man. Like, because, because technically you're not, it's not a, again, I'm using terrible terminology, but it's not, you're not precluding them from playing. You're just making it really difficult to do so. And in the process, you're weakening, uh, lives product, right? Because if let's say DJ, this would never happen, but let's say he does choose to play 32 events a year. Right. Is his performance at the, at the live events going to be good or, or worst case scenario, you still get him for 18, which is like, 
Okay. People, if they, if people still really want to tune in to see what Dustin Johnson's doing, you still get him as the PGA tour for 18 events, even if he's going to play 14 over that. And I do wonder if they weren't able to define based on their handbook, like if, if they wouldn't have been able to define live as like the home tour of those guys. Right. Because I, I, I don't, I, again, I don't know like how you define a home tour. And I think that a lot of that has to do with other countries. It was, it was, it was built around like European tour stuff and Asian tour and all that. And so for Americans, can you define their home tour as live golf? You would have to sort of write that. So I think there's other things you'd have to do that would sort of complicate your ability to say, or to do what we're proposing, but man, it just seems like a lot easier thing than, you know, getting the crap suit out of you by the, you know, all these guys that are that are trying to play on both indeed we'll uh obviously have much more on that there's we're getting redacted versions of of live contracts out now so stuff is is coming out more and more conversation to come there but we'll turn did our you, sorry real quick did you see the the uh wall street journal article i did where they they had a report because uh they saw a contract and they had they also said some things like uh i think if you win a major you get a million dollar bonus they're mm-hmm. They're being asked slash required to recruit. Um, they have to wear the logo. I think there was a couple other things like that, right? Yeah, they have to wear. Uh, I don't know if it's like the live logo, but or their team logo. I think it's it. It was unclear like what you know the smash or the crushers logo versus the live logo, but something along those lines. Uh, they can't give interviews unless they get permission. That's the other one. Yeah, that's not great. I actually requested an interview from somebody who went to live and he is somebody that would have normally responded, but didn't. So that sort of lines up. Uh, and then they can't use paraphernalia at, um, I guess live events. That's not approved by live. So they mentioned like coffee mug feels the fill rule, which is weird. They also basically uh, there's also like a whoop rule too. It was like fitness bands or something like that. I think was also included. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, the one of the big things that I took away from that is that we might see Brooks and Bryson at the U.S. Open next year in in their team paraphernalia. I mean that that was sort of the way that I, I there might be an out there or a caveat that I don't know about, but that was sort of how the contract read at least according to the Wall Street Journal. And I read I actually read through. Hudson Swafford and Taylor Gooch's contracts. And those are, it's super confusing. And I tried to understand like the media rights stuff because they bundle, they're bundling their media rights also. Turns out to run a high level sports league, you have to bundle your media rights and you have to sign your media rights over to the league. Now, Phil had issues about stuff outside of that archive stuff. And then like the match, which is very much outside of um, a league like the PGA Tour. And I actually empathize with those concerns, but um, yeah, like if you play in live, your media rights are owned by live, which is the way all of this has to work. Correct. Which makes sense. And I'm sure more and more will come out there. Uh, Keegan Bradley leads in Wilmington, seven under 64 in the opening round, eight birdies offset by one bogey KP on top of the leaderboard, which has been a familiar place for Keegan over the last couple of years. He's generally one to get out to a hot start, finishing things off. Not, not as easy for him, but he's often a top leaderboard after 18 holes. 
Yeah, great tweet by you. He's tied with who's Sebastian Munoz since 2019. Yeah, fourth most first round leads. And the other yep. guys are who you'd expect. Rory. JT, Rory, and John Rahm. Yeah, yeah exactly. are at the top. Yeah. You know, this is... Uh... <clears throat> oh, my daughter's trying to come in. You got any, you got any takes? <laughs> hey, do you have any, do you have any live, live golf takes? Do you have any golf takes at all that you want to get out, out there? No. You sure? Now's the time. Okay. Who's your favorite player? Rory. <sighs> yeah, there Trump you go. Cycle. Nailed it. I've, one I've, one. I've, I've brainwashed them. You're on camera How right now. Uh, probably like 30 minutes. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> this Beautiful. is great yeah uh no no you can't come in no the two-year-old's out here now oh uh, yeah <laughs> okay okay hey get all the line this is great great podcasting uh i love that stat from you and i think that you know keegan talked about a couple things afterwards he talked about how valuable you know I think it was Patrick Cantley that talked before the tournament started about how, uh, about how drive like this was like very much a driving a driver's paradise. That's a, a dumb way of saying it from me. That's not what he said, but Keegan talked about how important that was to him. Like he's he's a great driver. Um, he obviously hits his irons as well as pretty much anybody on tour. And when you gain stro four strokes putting, you're going to lead the golf tournament if you're Keegan Bradley. So. I'm really intrigued by a couple of things. You know, he hasn't, I don't think he's won since 2018 BMW. Is that right? Five years ago? That's got to be right. I think that's right. And here's a real interesting stat, Rick, that I didn't realize. He's only been to one tour championship since the start of 2014. And it was in 2018 when, obviously, when he won the BMW championship. So he he's came into this week ranked 44th. That's sort of a ceiling for him or has been over the last yeah eight years. But if he finishes, you know, I, I don't I didn't do the math on it, but top eight, top seven, whatever, he's probably gonna make it to East Lake, which is for somebody like Keegan, a, a pretty, you know, a pretty big deal. So there's a lot at stake for him over the uh the, the next three days. Yeah, his finishing positions are like 39th, 99th, 66th. He's finished 47th. He's finished 33rd, 60th. I mean, he's, he's lived kind of just outside that tour championship bubble. So he's got himself in position here as of right now. He'd move up to number three if the leaderboard finishes exactly as it is right now. That's unlikely to happen. The chase pack, Kyle, uh, includes... Some notables here. Adam Scott, one shot off the lead. There's a, a trio of golfers at five under. Harold Varner the third, Shane Lowry, Justin Thomas. And then you can get some bigger names at four under, like Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, uh, Cam Young got in there, uh, and Terrell Hatton as well. So it's 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 setting up to be a, a, a pretty good race, the final 54 here. Yeah, it is. It's a really good board. You, you would expect that, obviously, when there's only 70 guys in the field and most of them are or a lot of them are, are big names. Uh, you know, we saw this last year at the BMW when it was at Caves Valley, uh, again, sort of a driving contest and you get, you know, that's sort of the, um, that's the modern skill. And that's what a lot of these guys have built their games on. And so obviously you're going to get those guys <laughs> mostly at the top of the leaderboard. And you see that with uh, Rory at three under JT at, 
five. Uh, Spieth is up there at three under. Scheffler's at three under. I, I think we're going to get like a really, um, you know, major looking leaderboard this weekend based on the field, the course setup, um, and, you know, kind of what's at stake over the next seven rounds. I want to talk about Rory, but I'm just going to lump him into the next segment here when we talk about the odds and kind of circle it in that way. So we're going to look at the live odds, but uh, first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Justin Thomas is the favorite right now. Rory McIlroy, KP, second shortest odds to win the BMW championship. That is despite him making a late triple. He was kind of rolling along there, gets to that par three, I think it's 15, finds the water, makes a big number, but was able to kind of climb back into this thing and not punt it all away. Yeah, I was watching, uh, I had it on in the afternoon, so I was, I was kind of, keeping tabs on what him and Scheffler and, and Zalatoris were doing. I mean, he drove it great. I think he finished fifth in the field. Uh, at one point, Golf Channel put a graphic on there that showed, I mean, he was hitting 380-yard drives routinely, just just pumping it. And, you know, he hits, he hits one bad shot on, what was it, 15? Yes. Finds the water. And, and then all of a sudden he goes from could be leading the turn the golf tournament at the end of the day to he's four back, but it doesn't really do much for me in terms of like, I think Rory is either, I don't know if he's going to win. I think he's going to finish in like the top four because again, because of the golf course set up because of how he's hitting it off the tee, uh, he's having a really good putting year, which we haven't really talked about very much, but this is sort of his, you know, he thrives at places like this, setups like this. He just he just lights them up. And I think he's a – what was his number again? Nine to one. Man. Which, like, I'll tell you what, he, if he doesn't make triple and he just makes par, he's like uh, 250. He's like four, two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's crazy. And, and I think – you're like, oh well, it's Thursday. He can make that up, but the mar again, the margins are just always so thin that it could come down to him losing by one or two on Sunday. And you're like, well, shouldn't have made triple on Thursday. Very normal sport thing, by the way, where he makes he he loses three strokes on one hole on Thursday. He drops from three to nine in the FedEx Cup, which means he also loses three strokes next week at the Tour Championship nice. in the in the starting strokes. Just 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 completely preposterous, like. Can't believe that we're doing that, but that's what we're doing. It's a reality. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, we'll get out of here on a lighthearted note, except if you are uh, Luke List or a Luke List backer. Uh, history made out there today. Luke List lost eight and a half strokes putting, the fourth worst putting round since we started measuring putting rounds. Kyle, that's pretty impressive. That was it was incredible. I uh, just, I actually didn't, hadn't seen the Rory shot into 15. That was horrible. It was like the middle of the pond. By a mile. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, not what did he lose? Eight? What? Uh, the final. Um, it was eight and a half. I mean, there, it might be like eight point five eight, but it's still adjusting with like two guys out on the golf course. So Data Golf has it at nine point oh five right now. Oh wow. Okay. So then it's it moves a lot since I last looked. The next worst is Siwoo at five point one four, and then you got Mito at three point four. So he was three times. Lucas was three times worse than the third worst guy. This is it's three. Okay, he is a notorious horrible putter, and this is three shots worse than anything he's ever done, which is like crazy. What did he? I mean, that's that is that's astounding. He shot seventy eight. He's in. Is he last? I think he's last. Yeah. Uh, he's tied with Siwoo. Yeah, man, he gained. He he was positive T to green and shot seventy eight. That's hard to do. My favorite that, nugget about that or about this like whole thing is that one of the, the the second worst round ever was that Keith Mitchell round at Valspar last year, which mm-hmm. he had a he did not realize his butter putter was bent, which is like that's usually what it takes to lose like nine strokes putting, not you, just missing everything. Yeah, you would <laughs> expect like remember the year that uh, who was it Robert Streb or Brian Harmon at Greenbrier. I've had a way. Siwoo at Augusta, which yeah. I we probably don't have numbers on that, but it was probably better than this. Yeah. I mean, you're it's, losing a half stroke a hole. I I don't understand that. Uh, I mean, go go through the shot. I mean, he literally just missed everything. So he lost. I mean, he he didn't uh he lost a stroke on the first hole. He had one, two, three, four, five. He had five holes where he lost a stroke or more putting. How how did how is that possible? Uh, how many three jacks did he have? Uh, I don't know. I'll it up real quick. He three jacked the first, three jacked the second. I mean, that is yeah. that's tough. That's tough to look at. Yeah, it's bad, especially when you hit the ball a like he does and b like he did on thursday he hit it good i mean he should have shot 68 right yeah he'll go out he'll shoot a 65 tomorrow when he yeah. when it gains three strokes with the putter yeah man that's crazy all right uh i'll be out there so i will uh i'll run back so we can record uh round by round recaps but yeah should be should be fun who should i follow should i just follow well that's that's what i was getting ready to ask you who, who are you thinking about following so I, I like to see every, I don't usually follow a lot. I like to see everybody. So what I'll do is I walk, I told, I told Armin, I was like, listen, we're going to walk the course backwards. And she's like, okay, I'm not great walking backwards. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, mm, yeah. Like confused. She's confused. Yeah. That I, we were going to be looking over our shoulder. That would be, that would be sick. If you just <laughs> let her literally walk backwards and didn't tell her that would be, uh, <laughs> That would be pretty savage. I was like, no, I think, we're gonna start at nine, then go eight, seven, six. You know who? I, you know who I think sort of meets this crossroads of there won't be a ton of players around, or there won't be a ton of fans around him, but also he'd be really great to watch in a setting like this. Who is it? Cam Young. Oh, okay. I I, I think I would try to go catch him for you know four, five, six yeah, holes. Like I've not probably seen a whole lot of him up close, and that that would be cool. Yeah, he's he's gifted in a way that when when you hear it and see it off the club face, that's rare. Totally, and I I got a little of him at PGA, a little at St Andrews was hard because you're like, well, at some point Rory's just the story here, and I have to I have to do that. But you you did I did get some at PGA, and he's he's. 
He okay. can go. He's really, really good. I, I think that'd be a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. All right. Um, big thanks, producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.